Well, good morning, church family, and uh, those of you who are online, I welcome you guys in and uh, hope you're doing well. Hope that you have had a great Christmas uh, holiday and uh, excited about the new year that is coming. If you read your uh, email that you got from me, um, I promised you a slightly shorter message I don't know that I should have done that after, you know, I kind of scheduled that thing to go out. The, the Lord just kind of kept speaking to my heart. I'm not going back on my word, but I'm just kind of upset at myself, you know. So I, I just wanted you to know that if you're tuning in, keep tuning in. We're definitely going to live up to that promise. I'm going to keep it moving as fast as I can um, and make sure that we cover all the bases still at, uh, where it is still a blessing to you. But at the same time, I don't want to keep you too long. I want to uh, say that this is normally the week that we have our joint worship service where we have the folks from the, the Shiloh uh, church, uh, where we have the folks from the Palabra church and our church all together. And the place is packed out. And I mean, it is standing room only elbow to elbow. And it is awesome, but not in 2020, right? I mean, that probably gives you the heebie-jeebies just to think about it, but we're not doing that today. We're not doing that this year, uh, but we are actually going to do a little time machine thing this morning at the very beginning. If you can see it right now on your screen, I want to tell you what is happening tomorrow. Take a look at this right here. Tomorrow is my 30th anniversary Tori is really excited about it. Shelly, not so much, but I am excited about it. If you're not aware, the guy on the left, I'm the guy who ate that guy, just to be aware of who I am and who that guy is. Look at my wife's glorious hair. I mean, my goodness. We had a wide-angle lens and everything just to fit her luxurious, awesome, thick mane of hair in there. I've been asking her to bring back the 80s for the last 30 years. I'm like, baby, please don't leave what works for you. I mean, look at that. Gorgeous. Yeah. So, you know, why not, Shelly? Just bring it back. It'll just be you alone. You'll be a pioneer and a trendsetter. It's good. Start wearing the mom jeans that come up to here as well. It'll be awesome. So tomorrow is our 30th anniversary. I just want to say to Shelly publicly, I love you so much. Thank you so much for all that you do for me. You know, and you know that I know, all the things that go on behind the scenes in the way that you support, um, not just this church, but me. And you know how much it means to me. And uh, I thank you so much for that. I love you. And uh, happy anniversary. The 30th is coming, and hopefully, prayerfully, 30 more still to come. So thank you so much. I love you, baby. All right. I know you guys are clapping for her at home. You're like, man, that woman is a saint. You are right. She is. So very quickly, I am going to go into the time machine and go back to a message series that I actually did a little bit in the very beginning of this pandemic around May or so, March, April, May, somewhere in that neighborhood. I did a message series entitled Hindsight 2020, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that because we're at the very end of 2020. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the things that 2020 has brought us, and you probably are going to recognize a few of these things that 2020 has brought us. For example, uh, here's a few things that 2020 has brought us. It brought us a new panic response if you see a crowd. Have you all experienced that? You see a picture of people close to one another, and you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. 
Like this used to be a good event. This seems like the apocalypse is coming if you see this event now, right? Isn't that crazy? They actually ran a deal on Twitter where they were like, tell us your last normal photo before COVID had its way with us all. But let's just go on to other things that have been brought up. Uh, it, it brought us a new collection of face masks. You never thought you would have a collection of face masks, but you do. It also brings you frustration when you see masks worn or not worn or worn incorrectly or whatever it might be. I don't know what you, what you think about the masks. I know that every one of you, I don't know what you actually think about masks, but I know that you are feeling some sort of way, as the kids are saying these days, right? Some sort of way you're feeling about these masks. Well, check out this picture. I shared this with y'all before. I love this picture because in one little frame, you've caught everybody about the masks, right? The chick on the left, she's got that thing where she's kind of like, mm, I'm not wearing a mask, right? And then you've got the lady in the front there. She is full on. She is, you know, hardcore, not definitely not. And then number three is right in the middle. I don't want to even want to know how many of you guys are number three. You know, you're, you're walking around with your masks on, but they're not actually on, you know. This is just where we are, right? And probably you see this picture. Two of these people make you mad. And one of them is great with you, right? So it's just a weird thing. What else are we seeing? What else has 2020 brought us? It brought us clarity of the fact that pants and shoes are overrated, right? I mean, here's the deal. All we really needed was Zoom and sweatpants. Can I get an amen, right? I mean, if you're looking good from this point forward, like who cares about down here, right? I can't get away with it because you can still see my legs and my shoes and all that. But man, I mean, you didn't realize you were overspending on shoes. Some of you ladies, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you sneakerhead men, y'all know what I'm talking about too. And then you've brought brand new questions about vaccines. You never thought you would have these conversations with people. But now the cool new conversation starter is, are you going to get the vaccine? All the cool kids are doing it right? And so you're asking about the vaccine. I'm asking about the vaccine. And I'm just telling you, it's a weird thing. But you know, as I look back over 2020, I know that, <laughs> that 2020 has taught us some lessons if we're paying attention. And, and some of them are funny and some of them are not so funny. But this is a funny one right here. Check out this one. COVID-19 made me realize I need to take every opportunity seriously. So I'm finna find my cousin next family holiday. I love that one. You didn't know how cool I was until I read that finna, right? And I didn't realize how close redneck, fixin' to, and woke, finna, is, is very, very close. So just, you can go from redneck to woke if you just check your spellings a little bit closer, all right? I'm just, that's just a theory I'm working on. All right, so I just think that was so good and so funny. I'm finna find my cousin next family holiday. No, that's not what we're supposed to be learning. What we're supposed to be learning is some of the things that the Lord is teaching us. And I actually ask Eric to go back and read from a passage of scripture that's called the Upper Room Discourse. Jesus spoke to his 11 disciples. No, it's not a misprint. The 12 were no longer 12 because Judas Iscariot had betrayed him. So you've got 11 disciples left. And just before his crucifixion, his death, his resurrection, he has a time where he speaks to all of his disciples. And it's called and known as the upper room discourse. He speaks to them. And if you go back and look in your scriptures, it's a lot of red. Chapter after chapter after chapter of mostly red letters in a red letter Bible edition. Meaning that Jesus is doing all the speaking. 
in this passage that Eric just read, it's really interesting how Jesus is warning his disciples. He's being prophetic. He's, he's even promising some things. And very quickly, I want to talk about what he's doing as he goes through John chapter 16. He's trying to settle his disciples down. He knows that everything in their world is about to transition. Everything in their world that they have known and believed to be true is now about to change. And so you can probably understand why this is a passage that I keep finding myself coming back to. But here's what he does as he goes through John chapter 16. He does a few things. First of all, he warns his disciples a little bit. He kind of tells them what's going to happen before it does. He warned them, and then he even speaks about how there's a season to things. In verse 4, he says, these things I've told you that when the time comes, you will remember I told you of them. In other words, I'm in control of what's happening, so don't forget that I was the one who warned you this was going to happen before it even happened. And then he says, I did not say these things to you at the beginning because I was with you. This is so true in our life. If you have not grown closer to God, if you have not seen the hand of God moving in the midst of 2020, you've missed a huge opportunity to see that God is at work. Because God probably has many people's attention as never before. But if you and I have missed it, it is our mistake and our lost opportunity. Today, as we celebrate this very last Sunday of 2020, I want to encourage you. Let 2020 not slip away before you look in hindsight and go, okay, so what have I learned? God is speaking. He is moving. He is working. And it's not surprising that you feel different just as I do. After many months have come and gone, we realize that God is still in control. Even in the midst when it felt like he was not or that he had turned loose of the wheel, God is still at work. He also was very prophetic. He told them all, you know, whenever I'm arrested, you are all going to be scattered. Just like the Old Testament scriptures say, the sheep, uh, they will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. That's exactly what Jesus told them in the upper room discourse. The hour is coming and has now come that you will be scattered each to his own way. And you're going to leave me alone. And then listen to what he says. Yet not, I am not alone because the father is with me. And even in the most difficult hour that he would face, and even at the loneliest point that he could be as a human being, Jesus found comfort knowing that God will never leave us, and God will never forsake us. And by the way, if you're a person who wants to begin to learn Scripture and memorize Scripture, that's a great one for 2020. Never will I leave you, and never will I forsake you, as Jesus says. And so here in this passage of Scripture, we see some different things. But this is probably the most important, and this is the thing that changes everything. This is the game changer. Jesus says, it's good that I go away, and the reason it's good that I go away. Now, no, no, hold on. Stop for just a quick second. I don't know about you, but I would love to be able to go and visit Jesus. I'd love to make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem and say, Jesus is on the throne and I'm literally going to get to see him face to face and and physically I'm going to lay my eyes upon him. But here is what Jesus says, and he is never wrong. He says, it's good for you that I go away. 
That's weird if you really stop and think about it. You've probably heard this passage before. But Jesus says, it's a good thing if I physically leave this world because if I leave this world, then the Holy Spirit will be poured out on my children. And wherever you are in the world, not just in Jerusalem in a throne room somewhere, you will have the Holy Spirit leading you and directing you, speaking peace to your heart in the midst of the most difficult circumstances that you've ever faced. So he promises the Holy Spirit and he says, I tell you the truth, it's your advantage that I go away because if I do not go away, the helper or the Holy Spirit will not come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Over and over and over again, Jesus is preparing his disciples with the big D as the 11 or the little D, all of us who will follow later. He prepares us for a difficult time. And here is what he says. You need to be aware that the Holy Spirit will lead you from the inside out. And he also promises that there is insight and hindsight. But we don't have to wait for hindsight. He will give us insight if we pray and if we listen to the Holy Spirit's leading in our lives. And that's so important that we understand that insight is available. We don't have to wait. He promised that the Holy Spirit would give us insight. Let's read John chapter 16 verse 12 through 13 again. Eric just read a few moments ago. Let's read it in this next slide here. I have much more to say to you More than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He tells us that the Holy Spirit will be the one who leads us. And it is so valuable. No matter who you are, if you are a child of God, the Holy Spirit is leading and directing in your life. And when you feel more afraid than you've ever felt before... You can be at rest knowing that God is in control, not only in control, but he is leading and directing in your every path. Ask him for insight to see it. As a matter of fact, there's a great movie that I want to just show you real quickly, and then we'll continue the message. Check out this movie. It is called God is at Work. Running late for curfew? What are you doing? I'm making a late night sandwich like your grandma doesn't like me to. (laughs) Your secret's safe with me. Mm -hmm. Same. So how was your party? Lame. I don't get what's so special about New Year's. Oh, what's special about New Year's? Yeah, I mean, you stay up late, everyone says, Happy New Year, and then a ball drops. Let me tell you something. I remember a year, uh, you were just born. It was a very difficult year. You may not believe this, but there was no toilet paper to be found anywhere. Gross. That wasn't even the half of it. People couldn't shake hands, they couldn't hug. You didn't want to leave your house or you're afraid you might get sick. And masks, everyone was wearing masks everywhere. You couldn't tell if somebody was smiling or frowning. That sounds weird. You couldn't go visit with family, not even at the, the holidays. Yeah. Then what happened? Well, that's the best part. 
then God got us through it, just like he always does. That's why I like new. See, God says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. New, my dear, gives us a, a different perspective on things. Like on toilet paper, I guess. <laughs> I mean, just because it's new doesn't mean it's going to be good. You're right. You're right. That is why we hold on to the words of Jesus, who said, uh, in this world you will have troubles, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. That, boop, is why we celebrate now. Hey, Grandpa. Mm -hmm. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Do you want ham or turkey? So that brings me to the big idea. Uh, I just want to share with you, we've heard so much about the new normal. We even talk about it, even when we don't label it. But here is what I would share with you as the big idea. God uses disruptions in your normal to bring about something new. And I would just say to you, it would be a sad day for you and I to go through all that we've gone through in the midst of 2020 and not learn a lesson, not be better than we were before, not be more reliant on God when we know that we need him more than ever before. John Maxwell says some things that I think are very, very good and very good for us to be reminded of. He said that people change when they hurt enough that they have to change learn enough that they want to change, or receive enough that they are able to change. I think for all of us, we have the opportunity to see 2020 as an opportunity for change. It's the catalyst that could make a new path for us and guide a new direction in our lives if we allow it to be true. And I just want to say this, be very, very clear about this. The fruits of the Spirit, we've mentioned it a little bit here and there over the last couple of months. But one of the things that we've talked about over the last few weeks, especially in December, is how joy is a part of the fruits of the Spirit. Now, real quickly, we spoke about the, the, the theological concept of every single believer being a person who has the Holy Spirit living within them. And so it is very important that you understand that even if the Holy Spirit resides within us, we can choose to push him to the fringes or give him the area where he controls our life. And so if we do not see more and more and more fruits of the Spirit going on and growing in our lives, what we have done is we have to look in the mirror and be honest and say that we have pushed him to the edges and the fringes instead of giving him first place and his opportunity to make us more like Christ. And so let's be very clear about what the fruits of the Spirit are, and let's be also mindful of what the opposite of the fruits of the Spirit are. So let's look at Galatians chapter 5, where we see the fruits of the Spirit. And he says, the fruit of the Spirit is love rather than hate or indifference. It's joy, not just something that comes and goes or passes away quickly. It's something that abides, it's happiness, and a, and a thing that stays with you beyond circumstances. It's peace instead of being constantly in an uproar and constantly worried. 
It's long-suffering instead of being short and frustrated all the time. It's being kind instead of being selfish. It's being good instead of looking for those things which just benefit you. It is being faithful instead of being faithless. It's being gentle instead of being harsh. It's showing self-control instead of being a person who says, whatever comes, goes. It's fine. Against these things, there's no law. But here's what I have to challenge you with. If the Holy Spirit abides in you as a believer, but you are seeing fewer than these things happening in your life, you've got to ask yourself, why is it that the Holy Spirit is being crowded out? Have you allowed the things that you're worried about to take first place instead of dealing with the peace of the Holy Spirit? Or have they made you short or frustrated or angry or bitter or hurt or disappointed or depressed or any of these things that are so common in today's world? I would encourage you. I understand that I don't have the answer for everything, but I point you to the one who does, and that is God. He is the one who can allow you to be changed from the inside out, and it begins with the Holy Spirit being a part of your life and you giving him the freedom to move in your life. It's getting better and not just simply getting through. That's the difference that we have as believers. That's the promise that we have as believers. Henry Cloud said something. He has a couple of books. Very quickly, you can just kind of get an idea of some of the things that he has written. But he is a Christian psychologist, and he has a book called Necessary Endings. He has a book called Boundaries, and he's kind of even gone out from the different Boundaries books. I believe he's got maybe Boundaries for Leaders, Boundaries for Kids. I'm not sure. Uh, But you can check that out via Amazon. But Dr. Henry Cloud had a patient one time tell him, he said, this powerful quote He said, you know what, Dr. Cloud, I know this. I know I live in hell, but I also know that I at least know the names of the streets there. Now, what a sad thing it would be to be a person who accepts that you can live in hell and the the hellish way that God does not want you to live, but you are so comfortable there that you do not even desire to go out and do those things which make you a little more uncomfortable and yet mean life and freedom for you and for your family, for example. So I would encourage you to remember that Every time we have a catalyst moment, every time we turn a calendar into a new year, every time we gather into God's house and his spirit is speaking to your heart, you have the opportunity to allow it to be a catalyst moment and a change can begin today if you choose it. But you have to choose it because God is not going to elbow his way in and make you be someone who submits to him. That's not what love is and God is love. So I encourage you today Just use this as a catalyst moment to begin a new path for yourself and a new way for those that you love so much. You begin the change and the change will continue to flow into their lives. It's so important. Very quickly, let's just look at what 2020 has taught us and some areas that we could learn from. First of all, it's taught us how temporary life can be. Hasn't it taught you how temporary life can be? I'm not just talking about those who have passed. I I know a couple of acquaintances from my family's friendships that kind of ripple out. A couple of people who have, you know, died from the coronavirus. They were older, had some extenuating circumstances. Some of the things that you guys have heard about as being warning signs and problem areas. 
but I'm sure that there are people that you also know. I'm not trying to make light of this and saying, oh, it's just life is temporary. Ha, ha, ha. That's not at all what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is your daily life and my daily life that we tend to just think is going to continue on and on and never be interrupted suddenly can be totally upended and interrupted and changed forever. And we never even saw it coming. And so I just encourage you to grasp something. If you are a person who puts your faith in, a, in things being a certain way and things never changing and you having control on your life, I'm here to tell you, you don't have control. The, the, the person that has written out there on the internet, he says that man make plans Man makes plans and God actually is the one who decides. I'm telling you, that is so true in our lives. Whatever we plan, God will say yes or no, but it is his final say. And that is great news to those of us who know him that have promised that all things work together for good to those that love him and those that are called according to his purpose. And so I just want to encourage you. Don't forget how temporary life can be because these things that we do in our lives can be upended and changed. You better make sure you're living life in a way that brings glory and honor to God. Secondly, let me just share with you this other thing that 2020 has taught us, how important relationships are. Oh, goodness gracious. How important relationships are. <clears throat> I don't know if you guys have had this experience or not. Let's click to this next slide. I don't know. I, I, I hate it and I love it. Like I hate it, but I also have to have it, right? Have you guys ever had somebody that you've met during the coronavirus era? I met somebody brand new for the, other, the, for the first time the other day. And he's like, uh, what are we doing? Are we hugging? Are we fist bumping? Are we shaking? I, uh, what are we doing here? And I'm like, man, I don't even know. I mean, I gave somebody an elbow today. You know who you are, right? I gave you an elbow today. And I didn't even, I never even knew this was a thing back in March 1st, March 2nd, March 3rd. And then ever since, this is a new way of life. These things, but they remind us of something. You know what they remind us of? They remind us that you and I are built for relationships. That when we see people that we love our instinct is to go to them, is to connect with them. And we're trying to be smart. We're trying to be wise. We're trying to, you know, wear our masks and all these things. And I'm for that. I, I genuinely am. I'm actually practicing that. I know on TV, it doesn't look like I am because I'm up here and nobody's around me, right? So here's the deal. We have that feeling that that urge to reconnect to be close to touch to shake hands to hug you know and even in my my family's gatherings it was so weird we we're just like man we haven't seen you in months but how you doing <laughs> you know it's just like this big wave because you can't give them a hug you can't even shake hands it's just strange but it reminds us that in our world when we can no longer be close it reminds us how much power is found in a relationship that is built around one another and together you're connecting and encouraging. It's so important. Very quickly, I want to just remind you of something. T.D. Jakes says something that I've shared with you a few different times. And I want to encourage you today, especially if you find yourself drifting and being somebody who is a little harder to reach, or if you are waiting for everyone else to reach to you, Reach to them. 
Isolation is the last step before destruction, and I believe it with all my heart. If your mind is speaking, no one loves me. If your mind is telling you no one understands you, no one cares about you, you may be very close to the edge of being in a hole of depression or doing something scary, something negative or terrible that could cost you for the rest of your life. And so be very careful that you do not allow yourself to slip into isolation. Now, very quickly, you may be saying to me, well, Randy, that's okay because I've got social media and stuff like that. Be very careful and cautious that you don't think of the cheap substitute of, uh, of social media as being an actual connection. It is a shadow of a connection and it is a percentage of a connection, but it is not actual connection. The, the incredible thing is, is that they will tell you that even those who have no agenda whatsoever will tell you that when you are around other people, you grow closer and grow stronger to them, but yet, and you will kind of come out of that hole of depression and being down. But the more time you spend on social media, it has a direct correlation to the percentage of chance that you will be depressed. So be very, very careful that you understand that it might feel like connection, but it's not. It leaves you empty. It's kind of like that vaccine that we're talking about so much these days. Y'all know what the vaccine does, right? It gives you just enough for you to think that you've gotten your body to think that you've received it but it's not strong enough to actually change you, right? And so that's what a vaccine is. And if you're not careful, the, the new normal of our world can be like a vaccine against a relationship and you will go towards isolation where you are in more danger than you realize. Very quickly, the third thing that I wanna share with you, um, I'll do that in just a moment. Let's go back to John chapter 16, verse 32 and 33. He says to his disciples, a time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered. We already read this part, but look at the very bottom. He says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. Church family that's here today, would you guys read out loud this last part with me? Let's pick up where he says, you may have peace. And let's read this last couple of sentences together. Can y'all read with me? In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart I have overcome the world. In this world, you might have trouble. Mm -mm. In this world, it's a possibility that you may encounter something that's kind of troublesome. No, 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 no. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome everything that you are afraid of. Whatever it is that you are fearful of, understand that Jesus has the strength. And that brings us to this third part of what we've learned. This third thing that we take away from uh, all of these things that we've experienced in 2020 is how vital our inner life is. I, I don't want you to miss this. I don't want you to miss this. When Jesus is at the edge of his uh, of his strength personally, when he is fearful of the things that he is about to encounter, he tells them, you are my closest friends, but you will disappoint me and you will leave me and you will abandon me. You will forsake me. You will betray me and you will leave me alone, but I am not alone. I 
am not alone. Even when you disappoint me, even when you betray me, even when you flee at the moment that I need you the most, I am not alone. Can I tell you, if you are dealing with this feeling of being alone, I want to be the voice that speaks to you a truth that is so far beyond anything I could manufacture. God is with you. You are not alone. And if you have come to the end of 2020 and thought, this is the year that just tells me that I'm all by myself and it's all up to me and I'm all alone, I'm here to tell you, you haven't heard it clearly enough. God says in his word, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Jesus says, you can leave me. And when they come and arrest me, you can all run. And you can even stand by a fire like you are going to do, Peter, and tell everyone that you don't even know who I am and don't even know my name. But I am not alone because God is with me. Would you guys just say on the count of three, I am not alone. Would you, ready? One, two, three. I am not alone. I am not alone because God is with me. And I'm here to tell you, there have been times where I have stood alone, where relationships that I've poured into did not come to my aid like I thought they should, like I thought they would. But guess what? I was never, ever one single moment alone because God was there. He was the one who was renewing me in the inner man, as the Bible says in Ephesians. He is propping me up from the inside out. These things are so important for us to grasp and know that you are never alone. And if you have not grasped it yet, you need to grasp that the inner life, the one that is based on Christ and that relationship, that Holy Spirit which resides in you, it is so incredibly important that you grasp it because it is the very thing that will get you through in the darkest days. And real quickly, let me just be very clear. You will be afraid. You will be afraid, but that is not a problem because he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. As Nelson Mandela said, it's not about being totally free from fear. It is seeing that there is something that's more important than the fear that you feel. And you pursue those important things anyway. He says, the brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but the one who actually conquers that fear. Now, here is how you apply this message. Here is how you apply it. You lean into your relationship with God. He alone is your anchor. I'm here to tell you that just as sure as I told you that you will have trouble because that's what Jesus says, I believe with all of my heart that I can tell you with just as much certainty that mankind and friendships will fail you. Those things that you don't want to disappoint you, the people that you think will always be in your corner, eventually they will disappoint you. But I'm here to say there is one who will never leave you and never forsake you. If today, as you end 2020, the longest year in human history, right? I mean, and by the way, there was a leap year, okay? This is a leap year, so it was long, right? The longest year in your experience in human history and the way that it's felt. I'm here to tell you that God has been with you the whole time. But if he has felt distant, can I ask you to do yourself a favor? Lean in to that relationship and pull him from the fringes and bring him into the very center of who you are. 
Cease to see yourself through the eyes of other people and their judgments. Cease to see yourself through the things that other people believe or think about you, or even that you believe that they think about you. And instead, embrace the fact that he alone is your anchor. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it, and they are saved. If you need to be saved out of your circumstances or saved out of the things that you have set up for yourself, today is your day. Today is your day. Lean into the anchor of Jesus Christ and that relationship with him. How do you do that? I just want to very quickly show you that you can get Bible apps. Uh, I mean, there's a hundred of them that are free. This is Bible Gateway app. You can get that and you can listen to it over and over and fill your life with that life-giving word of God. Because for many of you, you know what's happened in 2020? You thought you had a relationship with God, but it was probably something that you pulled off the shelf here and there, but it wasn't ever brought in as the centerpiece. As you go through a a trial or a test, it is revealed to you that he can't continue to be on the fringes, but he has to instead be your anchor and your strength and your hold. Let him renew you and give you strength, but it has to be a constant flow and a constant connection to bring you back to that place. You know, as I end together uh, with us today, I, I bring together a thought in my head I think about the Apostle Paul, one of my favorite verses of Scripture. Paul, who nears the end of his life and writes words to Timothy, and he says, I've finished the course, I've kept the faith. There is now laid up for me a crown of righteousness that God will give to me, but not just to me, but those who love his appearing. He's going to give us a crown, and that will be my reward. And I've thought to myself, over and over and over again what it must look like when you talk about that crown that God was going to give. And as Paul looked back over his life and he saw the things that he had done and not done, the good and the bad, the positive and the negative, the hurtful and the helpful and all the things in between, what did it look like to Paul? I want to share this with you that I've shared before. This is the picture of the crown. But this is the picture from the top side looking down. But if you are stuck on the bottom side looking up, this is what the crown looks like. Right now, this is what 2020 feels like for most of us. That it just doesn't make sense. It's just a bunch of random, bizarre, strange, never before seen events that are just tangled in some mess And some problem to be fixed and worked out. But I want to go back to the slide before and remind you that God gives a crown. And making it through a year like 2020 and leaning into that strength that he alone can give is the thing that can bring you through. Heavenly Father, there are some of us who have dealt with 2020 in a way that reminds us that we've tried to make it on our own and in our own strength. We've seen that our lives are not showing more of the fruits of the Spirit, but less. That the difficulty that we've faced has revealed to us shortcomings in the way that we have 
lift you on the fringes instead of making you sinner in our life. And I would just ask that you would help us to lean into you. You alone are with us always. You alone never leave and never forsake us. And so God, you alone are the one that we cling to. May you always be the anchor for your children. And may we always see your hand, not just in hindsight, but also with you giving us insight to see that you are at work. We need nothing else.